Hey friends, and welcome to the Moving Mountains podcast. Moving Mountains is a place to hear true stories of modern day miracles told by ordinary people just like you and me. My name is Paige, and I'm joined here in Alaska by my dear friends, Margaret and Bernadette, as we witness accounts of how God has worked in people's lives in big and small ways. As you listen to these stories of hope, answered prayers and unexplained phenomena, we invite you to allow this space to inspire your faith and even to help you recognize the ways in which God is moving mountains in your own life. Hey, 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 friends. Welcome back to Moving Mountains Podcast. This is Paige. Um, And today we have Bernadette telling us her story, which is really exciting because her story is just so fun. Um, Just a little uh, word of caution, I guess. (laughs) Um, so as we have explained in previous episodes, we, uh, Bernadette and myself are mothers. So we have babies who might be making noise in the background. Um, all three of us are in different locations today. I'm at home in Anchorage. Margaret is at her house in Eagle River and Bernadette is all the way across the state in Nome. Um, which if you're not familiar with Alaska, that's very far because Alaska that's basically is very like big. Driving across half of the country if you live in the, you know, the lower the 48, lower 48. As we call the rest of the states up here. Except yes. you can't yes. even drive to Nome, so no, that's you can't. just a whole other <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um so you might just hear, you know, I live right by a military base. We have bush planes flying over all the time. So if any of our episodes you ever hear um, airplanes or jets or anything like that, or babies crying. That's just our life. Um, we try to keep it as minimal as possible, but we can't control everything. Um, so Margaret, I think that you have a very important question to ask us today. I do. I'm very excited about this. Probably. Well, (laughs) I'm just going to ask. So ladies, when you make a sandwich, do you cut it diagonally or straight down the middle? <laughs> mm. Okay. I have an answer for this because it just depends on whatever mood I'm in. So sometimes I cut it down in the middle and sometimes I cut it diagonally. However, I discovered after getting married that this is very important because when I've made grilled cheese and cut it down the middle, my husband has gotten very upset because he can't dip the point directly into his soup and um, it's apparently much more difficult than you know dipping like a, the broadside in so mm. i'm, I'm, I'm an either or but but now in our household we very strongly must do it diagonally <laughs> how about you i Paige? wonder oh. <laughs> i wonder if it's a michigan thing because i'm from michigan and i feel the exact same way as kyle it's hard for me to eat grilled cheese, especially when it's not cut on a diagonal. So Okay, so Margaret and Kyle. That's so funny. Two for a diagonal. What about you, mm. Paige? <laughs> you know, I think more often than not, I do it down the middle. But I do think diagonal is more fun. Because um, <laughs> the bake shop in Girdwood, they do it diagonally. And it just like, I love those sandwiches so much. So I think actually maybe if it's a bigger sandwich, I'll do it diagonally. And if it's a smaller, normal sandwich, down the middle. Um, I think the diagonal makes it taste slightly different, but you know. (laughs) But apparently I don't line my slices up correctly. Christiana is always making fun of me. Um, So 
maybe I'm just not a good sandwich maker. <laughs> sandwich slicer. <laughs> All right, so to work on Paige. Improve yeah. sandwich slicing skills. <laughs> All right, so two for strong diagonal if we're counting my husband, two for either way works. Yep. Yep. I like it. Awesome. Thank you, ladies, for your very um, <laughs> insightful answers. Yes, of course. Thank you for asking that very important question, Margaret. Yes, my um, pleasure. So Bernadette, Did can you just go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Um, and then you can just start with your story. Yeah, definitely. So I, um, if you've listened to our first episode, we already introduced ourselves. So I'll just give you a brief recap of who I am. My name is Bernadette. Pole, my maiden name Dubois, is from when I grew up in Steubenville, Ohio, where Franciscan University of Steubenville is, and I was very blessed in, in growing up with a great community there. Um, my parents are very involved in our parish growing up, and we were just, you know, blessed with the experience of being around some of the greatest Catholic theologians um, of our time. And so, um, yeah, after growing up and uh, moving away from Steubenville for school, I basically ended up um, in Philadelphia for a time. I was studying at the Tyler School of Art and had gone to Rome for a couple semesters. And um, so basically my story that I'm telling today comes in because a guy that I was dating in there at the time, we ended up engaged and then broke off that engagement. And um, long story short, I ended up meeting my husband, which brought me to um, Alaska where I live now, and I have four babies, two are in heaven. I have a 15-month-old son who we love so dearly, and then we also have a daughter on the way. Um, and I'm also, I work part-time now as a life coach on the side. That's what I did um, before having children. Um, and yeah, so basically who I am right now is a mom full-time, and that is my main vocation in life. Um, and then on the side, I really still enjoy working with clients and I love art and playing violin. Um, and my husband and I are, are very, very outdoorsy. So everything outdoors, we really enjoy in Alaska. Um, yeah. So anything else you two would add? <laughs> She's a really fun friend. Well, thanks. <laughs> very fun, very loyal, great mom, wonderful wife. Oh, great. Raving reviews. 10 out of 10 Bernadette. <laughs> Well, and I, well, I'll add one of my favorite things to do right now is hang out with my best friends. So <laughs> that's these two ladies. Um, yeah. So Paige and Margaret have both heard this story before because most of my friends have. Um, basically where it starts is a very devastating time in my life. I had waited almost five years for the man I loved to ask me to marry him and then, you know, find, found myself finally engaged. Um, yet less than six months later, after that happened, I found myself looking down at my hand through tears and deciding to pull that ring off my finger and hand it back to him. Um, and the following months after that were really painful because I had just graduated from school. I was temporarily living in Ann Arbor, Michigan, where Margaret's from, by the way. Um, no blue. Yeah. And so we were just living there temporarily during our engagement and planning to move afterwards. So I didn't really know anybody. The whole reason I was there 
was for this engagement. I was living with my ex-fiance's sister in a lease together with an apartment. Um, and I was just trying to find a way to make a move work so that I could be away from that very painful situation near family and friends and just kind of like start over with square from square one with my life. Everything that I thought my life was going to look like as an adult had completely disappeared. Um, and so at that time, I, you know, clearly God was drawing me to him because I had just left a relationship that clearly was not the right thing. And I hadn't been able to see that for a long time. But when I listened to that voice inside of me telling me that I had to move on and break off this thing that I thought I really wanted, um, I had a lot of peace about it. But I was also devastated and lost and confused and didn't know what to do. Um, so during that time, I spent a lot of time at the chapel at Domino's Farms in Ann Arbor, where I would go to daily mass. And um, I just distinctly remember sitting in mass, just asking God, why can't I just meet a guy here? Why can't a guy just walk up to me after choosing to attend daily mass and introduce himself? And um like, Lord, I just want to meet this kind of person. Are there any guys out there left like this? Like just over and over again, almost every relationship that I'd had, even guys that I, you know, were good men had just turned out to be very different than what I expected. And another distinct thought that I remember having over and over again was, you know, Lord, I just want to meet someone like my brothers, like my brothers who are so good and um, who I know so well and know me so well. I just wish I could meet a man like these men who I know and trust. Um, and so, yeah, I was packing up finally about four months later when I, after applying for many, many jobs, um, had an interview, got a job where I could start working remotely and was going to be moving in a couple weeks down from Ann Arbor to D.C. So I... Um, I finished working the job that I was working in Michigan at the time and I had two weeks and I started going to mass at 12 or 12, 10 every day, packing up. Um, and basically like my whole attention was just turned toward getting out of there and prayer because I didn't know what else to do with myself. So I was also spending a lot of time at the adoration chapel at, um, Christ the King parish in Ann Arbor, which is literally like probably a a tenth of a mile. It's like you can go out of the Domino's Farms Chapel, look up the road and see the uh, Christ the King Church and their Adoration Chapel. Like they're literally right next to each other. So I was spending a lot of time there thinking all these thoughts, just, at, you know, saying, Lord, I'm not going to date for at least two years. I don't care if I ever get married at this point. I just, I, from this point forward, I don't want to do anything in my life ever again that doesn't align completely with my highest values and commitments. And who I believe you made me to be. So one day as I'm coming out of adoration after attending daily mass, I find a note on my car and I'm looking at this little note tucked under the windshield wiper and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
someone is telling me to get my piece of junk car off the road and saying like, <laughs> this is not, da- this is dangerous. You should not be driving this anymore. Here's my 1995 Honda Civic, which is now technically, it's still on the road, by the way. <laughs> um, not mine anymore, thankfully, but it's technically old enough to be like a vintage car now. Um, it's so funny. And 1995, so I up that's the year note. I was born. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so I open up this note and it says, hi, this is Kyle. I'm sorry for the random note, but I saw you at Daily Mass and at the Adoration Chapel again. And it's really nice to see a girl with her heart after the Lord. Um, I'd like to take you out to dinner. So if you're interested, here's my number. Thanks. And <laughs> I was just so caught off guard. I immediately got on the phone, dialed my sister's number and told her what happened. And we were just laughing and laughing. And, um, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, should I answer this? Should I not? Like, I, I'm not going to, but what do you think of this? And she's like, well, you know, even if it is like some six year old balding man with a beer <laughs> belly, like you're, you're moving in eight days at this point. So you're going to be out of danger. And she's like, you, you know, it could just be a chance to see like who's an, who's another person who's also choosing to go to mass on a Friday and pop into the Adoration Chapel afterward. Um, and another note is that this wasn't somewhere public where, you know, if it were a grocery store parking lot and someone had followed me out and left a note, that would be really, really creepy. Here, we're kind of talking off way off the beaten path where someone had to be at church and then decide to go to Adoration Chapel to see me. So, um, a little bit, you know, of a layer where I was like, hopefully this person isn't a serial killer, um, but not 100% sure. <laughs> um, so long story short, my sister was helpful in convincing me like, hey, just send him a text. Like it, it doesn't hurt. You have nothing to lose. You're going to be, you know, hundreds of miles away and never be in this area again. Like I was not planning on ever being back in Ann Arbor after <laughs> all the memories. Um, and the pain. So I ended up sending a text and saying like, Hey, thanks so much for your note. Um, it's really nice to hear from a guy who's also like choosing to be at mass and adoration. However, I just got out out of like a really complicated situation and broke off an engagement and I'm moving to DC in eight days. So I'm not really up for a date, but if you would like to meet up for coffee, um, and make a, a friend before I leave, that would be really nice. And so anyway, we decided we were going to try to meet up um, and just chat. And so we had planned for Monday night and then something came up where I wasn't able to go Monday night. And um, I was like, is there any chance that you could go during the day? And he said no, because at this time I learned he was a fourth year resident about to finish up his training um, as a doctor and so basically he was just in like the craziest busiest time of his life as he's finishing up um and literally like in his last four weeks of training and as you may have heard you know from from all the sources like the crazy training that physicians go through you are working a lot of hours and very busy and in residency you don't have much time for anything outside of just your work um and so I was like hoping that maybe we could meet up during the day, one of the weeks, uh, you know, during that last week and he couldn't. But then on Sunday, I got a message from him saying, so I'm trying to sell the house that I've been living in the past four years and the sump pump broke and I was given tomorrow off. 
by my superiors because I'm having this emergency in my house. So it was just so crazy because all of a sudden his schedule that was so impossibly full, like he had a whole day off the day that we were trying to meet up. That's crazy. And, um, yeah. So basically he was like, all right, let's just meet up at mass again on Monday. Cause I wasn't really comfortable meeting him somewhere, not super public, whatever. So I was like, all mm-hmm. right, if we meet up at church, I'll feel comfortable there. So I show up to noon mass on Monday and, um, I walk in and sit down and it's this tiny little chapel that basically there's three rows facing each other on side of the, you know, on each side of this tiny room and then the altars in between. So if you're looking straight forward out of your seat, you're just looking at the people across from you. You kind of have to turn to look up at the altar. Mm. So I sit down and I am trying to just kneel and pray and focus. I'm like, I don't want to be spending this whole mass just trying to figure out looking around who's this guy who left me this note (laughs) because on Friday I I hadn't remembered seeing anybody under the age of probably 50 besides me in there um and the room is tiny so (laughs) I sit down and I notice that there's a guy sitting across from me looking at me but I was like you know what I'm not gonna do this I'm just gonna concentrate I just kept my head turned toward the altar the whole time and as mass is going on, I just like cannot help noticing like this. He just keeps looking at me and looking at me. <laughs> and I was like, this has to be Kyle. This is so awkward. Like, why would he stop <laughs> looking at me? Um, and so we get to what's called, if you're not familiar with mass, um, there's a part of the mass where we give each other the sign of peace. And basically you turn to whoever is around you and say, peace be with you, peace be with you. Um, and so the sign of peace comes around and I, you know, turn and shake people's hands who are around me. And then I finally look across at this person whose eyes have been feeling on me. And I, as soon as I look over with this big goofy smile, he just gives me like this big floppy wave. And I'm like, whoa, okay, peace. <laughs> um, and, and then like, so within the second that I looked at him, I just take him in and I'm like, Oh Lord, no. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be so awkward. Um, he looks like he's a couple years younger than me and just like the typical, you know, kid who's in that transition from high school into college and doesn't quite know how to take care of himself yet. He has this like crumpled pink polo on and (laughs) really rumpled cargo pants with like the big pockets on either side. Um, and he has like greasy hair that looks like it needs to be cut, kind of just like sticking to his forehead. Um, and he has these big round Coke bottle glasses on. Um, and then just, yeah, just, you know, like gangly like and really dream, pale. Yep. Looks like he hasn't seen the sun in a couple of years. Um, Sounds like an Alaskan. And then just, yeah. <laughs> Combined with that smile and wave, I was like, oh man this is going to be an awkward talk with this Kyle and I'm just going to be try try to be really nice and just hopefully get out of here as soon as possible as I can finish packing. Um, and so, yes, uh, very judgmental thoughts in my head, but also it was just, it was just like everything that immediately came to my mind where I was like, okay, so this is going to be really interesting. So basically um, the rest of mass, I'm just like, Lord, please, you know, just, just 
bless the conversation, help it to go quickly and help me to get out of there without being, you know, awkward. And after mass is over, I just sat in the pew a little bit and I saw everybody leave, including um, that guy who I thought was Kyle. And I walk out um, and he's nowhere to be seen. And then all of a sudden, this tall, handsome man with very nice hair and uh, unrumpled clothing steps out in front of me <laughs> and says, like, hi, Bernadette, I'm Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that may have been a little miracle for Kyle in that moment. He jokes <laughs> that he actually paid the other guy because when I saw him, I was just like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> you are very handsome and <laughs> You are you are not the guy who is getting across from That's me. That's amazing. <laughs> so that looks so much better. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so basically, um, we ended up just walking around the Domino's Farm complex for a couple hours chatting. Um, and it was really cool hearing, you know, this is when I heard about him being in training and this fourth year resident and asked everything he was up to, found out he grew up in a very similar community to the one that I grew up in. Um and that basically the only he was able to be at that noon mass on Friday because he had a clinic, um, ex, like an external rotation that he would, he would do sometimes. And he happened to be given Domino's Farms clinic on that Friday and was able to run into mass. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. Learning about a fourth year resident who makes the time to go to mass when he can and pop into the Adoration Chapel. Um, and what made this really significant to me is that the guy who had just broken off the engagement with um, about five five months prior at this point was also a resident when I met him. Um, and no, I wasn't chasing after doctors. Both of these <laughs> men dropped into my life without me knowing. But it was just so funny that I'm like, okay, here I was about to marry this other doctor who I'd gone through the experience of finishing residency with. And I'd made so many excuses for like, just feeling emotionally abused and very unhappy because I saw what he went through. And I was like, any person would be depressed and um, having a very difficult time having any balance or being able to function normally or, you know, show up 100% in a relationship with what he's going through. And so I was like, Lord, thank you for this random meeting in my life before I move, because I know it's you giving me the power to walk away and just cut it off cleanly. You're like all the doubts that I've been having and fighting against despite the peace and knowing it's not normal to cry every day when you're engaged in planning a wedding. Um, you're showing me, hey, look, not only are there other men out there who are pursuing the Lord and choosing to use their time in this way instead of other ways that, you know, are maybe, you know, not even as far as destructive, but you can choose to do many other things with that free time. And I mm -hmm. was meeting this resident who's not only choosing to use his time to spend time with the Lord, but he's also a super balanced, happy person who you could just tell had, has a very like well-rounded full life, despite being all in for the past eight years of his life with his studies. Um, and so you know, after that two, after that two hour chat, I wasn't thinking, oh man, I'm like so attracted to this person. That was literally off my radar. I was not interested in dating anyone. I was not thinking about Kyle in that way at all, but I um, left and I remember calling my sister again and saying, I met him. Like he wasn't a total weirdo old creep. He's like a really cool guy. And 
telling her God just had us cross paths so that I would be able to walk away and know there's something better for me and that there are other people out there. Um, and I also remember telling her, like, he just reminds me so much of our brothers. You know, he's Ooh. like, he's like, reminds me of a blend of them. Um, and at the time, I didn't really think of, think of that much either. Um, and so, you know, it was, I really was like, you know what, Lord, you did this on purpose. Like even the day that we, that he saw me at mass, I was completely disheveled and sweaty and kind of gross from, <laughs> from uh, packing up boxes in our air conditioned apartment. And I remember I looked in the mirror and was like, you kind of look like crap. Maybe you should wait 10 minutes and go to 1210 mass instead across town so you can like freshen up a bit. And I was like, no, I'm just going to rush out to the door to noon mass. So even <laughs> then I was like, you know, this was a very slim chance that we would ever see each other. And he happened to be there that day. And I happened to choose to go to that mass instead of one 10 minutes later on the opposite side of town. Um, and when you and weren't so, looking your best, like, yeah, you still yes. thought you were looking pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so basically we talked for two hours that Monday and we said goodbye. We didn't shake hands, didn't hug, nothing. It was just like, okay, good luck in DC. And by that time I had also learned that he was like, honestly, um, I don't know why I left that note. Cause I'm moving to Alaska at the end of, um, this year, like he had already signed a contract. So he's like, you know, I, it, I don't know why I left that note either. Um, you know, we were just on the same page of we're parting in completely opposite directions. Like we're talking like far East coast all the way to the tip of Alaska. Um, and so we just said good luck and thought we would never see each other again. And, um, you know, Kyle at this point was supposed to be working every day, the rest of the week back to work after dealing with a sump pump. Um, but on Tuesday, Morning, I get a text and he says, um, I'm still figuring stuff out. And I was given, um, I was given today off too. So, you know, some people listening to this might be saying, I've had, I've told the story and people are like, he made it up. He had those days off. He did not have these days off. He was given another day off to deal with this whole fiasco unfolding at his house, you know, like two feet of poop water down in his oh. basement. <laughs> one of the guys, one of the guys renting from him was living in that basement. He had a lot oh to deal with. Oh my gosh. Um, and so I, um, he, Kyle basically was like, okay, I'm off again. I'm going to be going to mass. Um, are you going to be there? And I was like, oh, I'm hearing from him again. I just, I wasn't expecting that. And I told him I would love to go to noon mass, but my car actually broke down and I'm supposed to be driving it all the way from Ann Arbor down to DC on Saturday, you know, and this is <laughs> Monday. Um, so I was, at a coffee shop trying to get some work done. My laptop had died. None of the outlets were there. So I'm there with this dead laptop, just waiting for my car and the mechanics are taking forever. So I told him I would love to make it to mass, but I just don't think my car is going to be done in time. And he says, well, if, if it wouldn't be weird for you, I could just pick you up. So I was like, sure. Um, and again, back to my good old car. Uh, <laughs> it was a love hate relationship. Um, <laughs> but it, it had really given me a lot of stress over the past couple of years. Like I had done things like stopped just completely died on me while I was like in the middle of driving on a highway. And, um, 
Anyway, I had been dreaming about being able to buy a new car or just having a car that would be reliable. And for some reason, I just had really been wanting a Jeep Wrangler. (laughs) And, um, at, you know, at this point it's just, it was just one of those silly dreams where, you know, someone might dream of owning like a mansion or something, you know, for me, I was just like, oh, I wish I could just have like a Jeep and drive it around and not be embarrassed about what my car looked like or that like the bumpers falling off and all the paint's peeling. Um, and as I'm sitting there waiting for Kyle to pick me up from this coffee shop next to the mechanics, this beautiful black Jeep pulls up and out hops Kyle. <laughs> I was like, ooh, he has a Jeep. And and that's the end of my story. After that, we got engaged and got married. And no, I'm just kidding. Brenna said, Um, I do. Sold the Jeep. That's the miracle. Um, Um, No, so anyway, I was just like, I was just like, oh my gosh, that is so ironic because I'm not the kind of person who even cares about vehicles I had just for the past few months like really been wanting a jeep and he just pulled up in this jeep and I was like oh that's kind of cool so I got to ride to church in this beautiful black jeep wrangler and um he took me to mass and after at church he was like I checked my voicemail and I was like still nothing from the mechanic called them they're like we haven't even started on your car and I was like oh you could just drop me back off at the coffee shop and he, I had told him on the way to church how like none of their outlets were working and I couldn't fire up my computer and get any work done. He was like, um, if it's not too awkward for you, you're welcome to just come over to my house. Like I'm going to be cleaning up some stuff and whatever. He's like, you can just plug in at my place and work. And then whenever your car's done, I'm happy to drop you off because at this point he had the rest of the day off. And I said, sure, because he seemed very trustworthy. And at this point, I'd gone to mass twice with him. And, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to, I was in any danger being with this person who was still pretty much a stranger. Um, and so he took me to his place, which we found out, he said he was very close to the mechanics. We found out that we lived like a mile or two apart in Ann Arbor. <laughs> wow. Um, so I go to his house and never even opened my laptop. We just sat there talking <laughs> and talking. And eventually it was probably like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And he was like, okay, so to be honest, I haven't had a day off in a very long time. And it was one of the very, it was one of the first really nice days of spring. It was May in Michigan, um, just a gorgeous sunny day. And he was like, when I found out I had a day off, I really just wanted to go canoeing. Um, and so he basically invited me to go with him. He was like, no problem if you don't want to go. I just really wanted to go today. So we end up going canoeing together um, and just being out there for a few hours and the mechanic didn't call me till 5 30 PM. Oh my <laughs> so we gosh. Just spent a lot of time talking. I basically told him every detail about my previous engagement and just, mm-hmm. you know, what I'd been like. And so he was just learning a lot more about me. I was learning more, a lot more about him. Then when the mechanic called, we pulled the canoe out of the river, put it back on his vehicle. And, uh, he drove me there and dropped me off and he said, Nice to meet you. Just like the day before, like goodbye, <laughs> no handshake, no hug, anything. I just hopped out of the car and was like, thanks so much. Um, and thought I'd never hear from him again. And so Wednesday I went to noon mass again and he came in late. I saw him come in. Um, but then he was gone by the time mass was over. Like he left right after communion. He didn't say anything to me. And I was like, okay, like maybe that's like, you know, 
that was it with us, I guess. And still at this point, I was just thinking of him as like this guy that I met randomly who God intentionally put in my life to help me move on. Um, but then that night, I got a text from Kyle saying, hey, I saw you at mass. I'm so sorry. I couldn't even say hi. I barely had time to run into mass like on my on my lunch break because it was uh, that day on a Wednesday. He's been, he'd been sent to the Domino's clinic, clinic to do his rotation. Um, so I was like, oh, that's kind of nice. Like he acknowledged that he saw me but didn't say anything. Um, and then he said, so tomorrow morning I am giving a presentation at the hospital and I don't need to go in and I don't remember what it was. He didn't need to go until like nine 30 or something because when they give these final presentations, they're given like the morning to finish preparing and then come in and present whatever. So he said he was going to go to 8 a.m. mass and asked if I wanted to go. And I said, Oh sure. I could go to eight o'clock instead of noon tomorrow. And he asked if he could pick me up. So I get picked up Thursday morning in this beautiful black Jeep Wrangler again, and he takes me to mass. And um, then he went into the hospital and to give his presentation. And again, I thought like we had said goodbye that morning and that was that. Then I get a call from him saying <laughs> that <laughs> after his presentation, he was just given the rest of that day off, <laughs> <laughs> which again, he was just not expecting. Um, and he said, can I take you to lunch? And I said, yes. And so he picked me up again Thursday afternoon, took me out to lunch and we just talked and had a really nice time together. And I was thinking like, this really feels like a date. Like I really <laughs> feel like I'm on a date. Um, and we walked down to the river and just, we were talking for a long time and mm. um, I was just feeling so comfortable with him. And I think it was the first time that I realized like, I really admire this man and you really is just like such an amazing person and it's so easy to be with him like by that day I felt like I'd just known him forever and I did feel like I was with one of my brothers um and so I was getting my, my phone was blowing up because I had all these messages for the Craigslist listings I'd made to get rid of all my all the stuff that I'd gotten off Craigslist when I moved to Michigan and I told him I really have to get going because I have all this stuff that I need to get rid of uh by tomorrow because I'm leaving Saturday morning um, and he said, okay, I'll take you back. Just, um, just wondering, is anyone going to be there with you? And I said, oh no. Um, like, a, I, I think my fiance's family would have been there for me if I'd asked, but they had like a, something going on that weekend. So it's actually a blessing. It would have been really awkward if my ex fiance's sister had been there the whole time. And during all this again, like she never crossed paths with me during all this happening. So Kyle ended up coming over to the apartment, taking apart this furniture that I could not have figured out, like this giant old oak desk that I'd gotten off Craigslist for free that I had not carried into the apartment. You know, he gets out my toolbox, does everything in two seconds, carries it all down. And then this crazy high tripped up on something person shows up to get the furniture. And it was just such a blessing that he was there. Um, it would have been like really uncomfortable on my own with this um, yeah, for sure. guy who's yeah. kind of going crazy. Um, so anyway, he just stayed and helped me kind of pack up. And then on that was the first time that he said, can I see you tomorrow? So <laughs> the first time that we, we didn't just say like, bye, have a good life. Um, <laughs> and he didn't have to work that Friday. 
And he just asked if he could spend the day with me, helping me pack up and whatever. So basically Friday morning, he came over, he helped me pack a bunch of boxes and get everything ready for uh, the next morning. And Friday night, I was going to a little going away party. And I told him, I was like, this is the last time I'm going to see my ex-fiance. And, you know, it was just very emotional for me. It was like, it was a very bizarre time. Um, like I'd stayed close with my ex-fiance. Like I don't, he's a very good man. It was just not a good relationship. And we were not in the place. Like I just realized I, I cannot marry this person. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a healthy relationship. Um, and like a mutual friend of ours has had committed suicide very, very sadly a few months after we broke off the engagement. So we'd kind of been like trailing on, even though I was like, no, we're not together at all anymore. Like the ring is off. You don't, you don't go back from this. Um, but I was saying goodbye to him and some of his family and friends in the area that night. And so I, I said goodbye to Kyle headed to that party. And it was just like, it was so it was just such a hard time realizing this part of my life is closing and just kind of staring like the pain and dysfunction of the past five years in the face. Sure. Um, and in the middle of that party, I look at my phone and I have some texts from Kyle saying like, Hey, I don't think that this is this week is where this is supposed to end. Like if you have time tonight, I really want to talk with you before you leave town. And it was the first moment that I realized like, you know, I'm, I'm in the midst of so much dysfunction and I get this message from him and I just felt so much peace. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just knew I had to talk with him. And so this whole series of events <laughs> basically turns me into a major creeper because <laughs> I, <laughs> um, like this whole thing happened where the police showed up and, you know, there were some people who were drunk, including my ex-fiance, who was not handling the situation well and just playing music super loud. So I, who am completely sober and just in a lot of pain, end up end up being there kind of like mediating this whole situation, making sure mm. everything's okay with them. Um, and I end up don't end up getting out of there until like 11.30 p.m. when I had wanted to leave a lot earlier and just like be done. Um, and at this point, I'm texting Kyle saying like, hey, I can I can stop by now. Um, but I'm not getting any answers from him. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm just going to go over there because with all the issues he was having with his sump pump, (laughs) I had gone to his house and I saw that he was sleeping on a blow up mattress right next to the sliding door that like led outside (laughs) to his house. So I was like, okay, if he fell asleep while waiting, I'm just going to go over there and knock on this door. And that's exactly what I did. It's like pitch black outside. I walk up, yes, I go around his house, back to the sliding door and knock and he's right there. So yeah, I, I turned out to be the creeper of this story, not the guy yeah. who left the note. Um, I'm sure he um, was thrilled when you showed up. Yeah, he, sure he, was. he was thrilled. He was. And we ended up you know, talking for about five hours till like 5am. And by the end of that time, we were like, yeah, I think we're supposed to pursue this and date and you leave in a few hours, but okay. And Kyle kissed me for the first time. It was just, it was very bizarre and unexpected, but both of us just had like such a sense of this is not where this is supposed to end. And what do we have to lose from trying to date? Like we're we're moving to completely different places if this doesn't work. 
doesn't work. Um, and so at five, I left his house, went back to my place, slept a couple hours. He showed up at 7 a.m. with two giant iced coffees, helped me pack. Oh, and then a couple hours man. later, my parents showed up with one of my good friends from Steubenville and we packed up everything and left. And, you know, on the way home, I'm telling my mom the story and she's crying because she's been praying <laughs> and praying. Aww. And, you know, she was just like, this is an answer to all my prayers for you. Um, and so... Basically, um, we dated a year and a half long distance and got married. And here we are today. And, you know, some might say that it's just a series of a bunch of coincidences, but it was not that to me. Like there, there are just so many moments on my end where there was a specific prayer or thought that was answered later. And so many small details that came together. Um, you know, if I if I told every detail of this story, I'd probably still be back at the beginning before even, you know, I'd be on like day mm -hmm. one of meeting Kyle because mm -hmm. there were just so many little things. But I also want to share that on his end, it was a very um, Holy Spirit driven experience too. Because that day he saw me in the chapel, he said he happened to sit down and then look directly at the altar. And I was just like, in line of his vision and he couldn't he just had this strong sense the entire mass like you need to say hi to this girl you need to say hi to mm. this girl but one he's moving to alaska and had no interest in you know tying himself down at that point like he he just was not it was not even on his radar to date two the times that he had dated it, he had been very cautious and reluctant. Like he's the kind of person he's, you know, he's described to me previous relationships where he would wait six months before holding someone's hand. Like that's how slowly he moved. Mm. Um, and so for him to sit there and have this sense, he just, it really stood out to him that he felt so pulled to say hi to me. Um, and he didn't even listen to it because I walked out of mass and he didn't say anything. Like it was very <laughs> against his nature to do this kind of thing. But then as he's walking out, I happened to be parked literally um, like diagonally across from him in the parking lot after mass. And so he saw me get into my car and he told himself, well, I'm going to the Adoration Chapel on my way out because he had, you know, like five minutes to pop in before going back to work. And I I pulled out and he pulled out right behind me. So we happened to be in line. I have no idea that's at this point what's going on. Clearly, I didn't notice the beautiful Jeep at that point. Um, <laughs> and he said, if she pulls into the Adoration Chapel, then I have to say something to her. He was kind of like, you know, playing with God a little bit there, you know, just saying like, all right, that'll be my sign that whatever I felt drawn to in this moment, like that'll prove it to me. And what did I do? I pulled in ahead of him, not knowing. And so um, it's actually really funny too hearing him tell his side of the story because I was in the front of the Adoration Chapel. There were a bunch of people in there and he was like, I can't go up and talk to her, but I need to get back to work. So that's why he ended up writing this note to leave on my car. He left it on my car, pulled out to leave, and then was like, what am I doing? And he pulled back in, grabbed the note off the car and was started to leave. And then he was like, wait, I mean, I'm at, what do I have? You know, so he went back and forth like three times. And he said there were like kids on a playground just like watching him like pull in and out and like leave the party. Like, he's like, he's like worried one doing? of them is going to run up, steal the note and like prank call him or whatever. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, you know, on his side, too, it was very, very 
driven. He felt like an outside force, which, you know, obviously we believe God, the Holy Spirit was telling him like, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the series of events that unfolded that gave him all that free time that week was insane. We're, I mean, we're talking about a guy who had had no more than one day off a week for, I think, five years at that point. Um, so I, I don't know if I can emphasize enough how weird it was that he ended up with so much time to spend with me. Um, and yeah, just all the details of us meeting were also happenstance and just aligned so perfectly that really both of us believe this was orchestrated by God. Um, and, and for me personally too, the fact that I had been waiting so long to be in the marriage of my dreams. And as soon as I gave up what I was holding on to, that wasn't right. That God opened up this door and pretty much squashed everything that I was feeling and all my resistance within a week Mm-hmm. was pretty miraculous to me as well. Yeah. Because at the beginning of that week when I met Kyle, I did not want to date for at least two years. And I w- I thought that was, you know, my promise to God, whatever. And so the fact that God came in so clearly and put such deep peace in my heart and let it unfold in such a backwards way. You know, usually when you date someone, you meet them and you're interested and then you get to know each other more. With Kyle and I, we met and at that point, neither of us were interested at all. We'd established we are not dating. We are not going to, you know, and so it got to kind of unfold from this place of complete detachment into something really beautiful. And then we had a year and a half to get to know each other from far away. Um, so really to me, it was just this miraculous experience of you can really mess up and you can go years and years down the wrong path. But as soon as you give God free free reign, he can redirect you to where he wants you to go in about one second. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm that person that I would have judged who actually got engaged at the end of the year that I had broken off an engagement in January. <laughs> mm-hmm. Broke off an engagement in January, got engaged again December 1st. And you know, here yeah. I am five years later, we just celebrated our fifth anniversary and I'm only more sure every single day and more mm-hmm. grateful and more mm-hmm. at peace and more in love with my husband and with the life that we have together than I was back then, you know? So mm-hmm. this isn't just a story of um, a rebound or, you know, all of a sudden being drawn into something that was better than something bad. It's not that at right. all. It was literally getting out of a situation that was not good and all of a sudden being placed into something that was not um not explainable you know it wasn't like a human creation it was like no this is like divine um direction here orchestrating all of these pieces to move together into something yeah. that that just had so much peace around it that i knew this is not um you know the scripture quote it's like the peace that the world does not understand i couldn't really understand it i just knew and both mm-hmm. of us felt that peace so Yeah. um, Basically, the end of this miracle experience, it was marrying my husband and starting our life together. And it completely changed my life. Like I am so different in every way because of meeting Kyle. Um, And he's, he's someone who I still, I'm like, I don't deserve this man. I don't deserve everything that happened. But it's just such a clear gift to me of how it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, how many mistakes that you've made. Um, 
God loves you and has so many gifts in store for you. So anyway, yeah. That's <laughs> and when he, for when he opens the door, we have to choose to walk through it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or moves that mountain, right? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Just crazy that. to see when you, when you give up something that you're holding on to that doesn't really align with your highest values and commitments. Like if you move mm-hmm. that out of the way, the impossible might become possible. Like I still hear my own story and I can't believe it happened to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, how many I people think... out there are stuck? Sorry, Paige. In, in that, well, I probably won't find anyone else. So I just need to stay with this person because they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Or like you said, mm-hmm. it was an unhealthy relationships, how we make excuses for ourselves. You know, cause I want to be married. So, and I have to be with this person, even though this person isn't great. You probably didn't have those thoughts necessarily, but um, specifically, but I just think it's beautiful, a beautiful witness to share the fact that you were, you weren't in the right thing. And when you surrendered it, God was like, I'm going to bless you with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, w- I was pretty much just going to say the same thing, Margaret, that I think a lot of women, um, and maybe even men, um, cause I know Bernadette, your brother was also, he was engaged and he had to call off an engagement. And we have another friend who's actually called off two engagements, um, who he's a male, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I think that that could, this story can really resonate with like men and women who are in relationships that they should not be in. Um, and like Margaret was just saying, like, give them that push to say like, okay, if they're not, if this relationship is not leading me closer to the Lord and not aligning with my values, then I should step away from this. And maybe you have dedicated a ton of time to this relationship, like Berna, five years. That's, that's how, how long you've been married to Kyle right now. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. And it could be really easy for you to say, I just spent five years in this relationship. Like I just dedicated five years of my life to this relationship. Why should I leave now? But Mm -hmm. just knowing that like you said Berna I mean you dedicated five years but then within a week God was like okay you trusted me here's your who your, here's your actual future spouse um mm-hmm. so I yeah I think it's a very powerful story I've probably heard this story like 20 times now but every time I hear it I just get the biggest smile on my face and I have my favorite parts of the story <laughs> <laughs> the wave feel the same <laughs> the wave yes the the dorky wave in the church <laughs> um but it, it's just so powerful and um just such a beautiful witness and I really I really do think that this story will resonate with a lot of people who might not be in the best relationship thanks Paige yeah and you know One thing I'm going to add about the experience for me was that there, you know, obviously in those five years, there was so much back and forth and a lot of pain. And I love this person so much. And I believed he loved me as best as he could too. Um, But, you know, when you are not pursuing the Lord first, you know, if if there are things in your life that you aren't 100% satisfied with, whether it's your job or relationship or situation, anything, um, I really learned that the reason I couldn't see clearly was because I wasn't always in a state of grace and, Mm. you know, aligning first with the Lord and everything. So I was always praying and I, I was always turning to the Lord. I always went to mass. I always went to confession. I, I never like left the faith during all this time, but looking back, it's like, 
it's just so clear to me that we actually cannot hear the Lord and what he's telling us so clearly to do unless we truly put that first. Um, And so, you know, whether it's a job that is very stressful and causing, um, you know, issues in your own life or your family life, you know, you feel stuck because you're not able to have enough time with your family or you're constantly tired or you know whatever it is. Um, I would just encourage anyone who's listening to this story and has that sense of like, I feel attached to this thing and I think I want it, but I'm under the surface, not happy just to consider what could you do to actually put the Lord first? Would that be, you know, whether you're Catholic or not, um, what would it look like to actually like always put prayer first and put your commitment to God first? Something that might open up his ability to lead you somewhere else. So I just want to say, you know, if you're not happy in your situation, whether it's a relationship or a job or uh, whatever it could be, God does have something else he wants for you. He doesn't want you to live in that state of being disempowered and not the best version of yourself. So ask yourself, is my life aligned with my highest values and commitments? Hmm. And if the answer is yes, good. But if the answer is no, think about what do I actually have to do to align with my highest values and commitments? Um, and it might be scary. Like I had no money left because I had, I was planning a wedding that never happened. I was the one doing all the planning, putting all the money down. I bought a dress. I bought invitations. You know, it was very embarrassing and very difficult. But from that place of emptiness, like I now have no support system. This person who I thought I was going to be living with in a home that was going to be provided for me is no longer there. I now have to find a job that will support me to be able to live. You know, all these things, it was like this life set up for me was completely gone. I had a blank slate. I was basically, you know, just coming out of school with nothing. And yeah. So anyway, just, I want you to know, no matter how, how stuck you think you are or how um, much you would have to stay in the situation that you're in, you don't have to. So just, just bring that to the Lord and see what he says. Yeah, that's beautiful, Bernadette. Thank you so much for sharing again. Um, So we're just going to finish off with our mini miracle of the week. Uh, Margaret, would you like to go first? Okay. Um, (laughs) Interesting encounter. You know, sometimes the miracle is maybe for us and maybe it's for someone else. And I feel like this was an opportunity for me to be someone else's little miracle. Um, I was at the post office last week and I encountered a couple people. One of them was as I was walking in, I, this woman had, you know, three kids, you know, and she had a, had a dolly of boxes. So she's, I, I was like, this woman needs help. And so I just said, can I take the dolly for you to your car? And she just looks at me. She's like, thank you so much. And like her little kids were so cute and they were just walking next to me and I just chatting with them. And it was just really, honestly, it was a beautiful moment for me because I love helping people and it was such a small, simple thing, but I know that it blessed her. And so that's my mini miracle this week. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, okay. So the state fair just finished in Alaska. So we were going to go to the state fair out in Palmer yesterday. Um, so we went out to mass at St. Michael's and then father Michael, our chaplain of this podcast, um, he's the priest out there. He was like, Hey, what are you guys doing? You want to go out to lunch? And we're like, yeah, sure. And then two of our friends, Dylan and Alicia, 
who we originally wanted to hang out with, but they just had a newborn baby three weeks ago and they were just kind of like, I think we're just gonna hang out all by ourselves. They were like, hey, let's go to lunch. And so then all of us got to go to lunch together and it was just like such beautiful, fruitful conversation. And it's just always so much fun hanging out with all of them. And um, we ended up not going to state fair, but that was okay because we so much rather would have hung out with those friends. So that was kind of a mini miracle because Father Michael is like the busiest priest known to man. <laughs> um, and he was free. And then our two very good friends were free to hang out after all. That's awesome. Love it. What about you, well, Bernadette? Um, uh, my mini miracle goes back to vintage vehicles again. Um, we, mm. We're out in Nome right now, as Paige mentioned, and we have this beater. Uh, I think it's like a 1993 Ford Explorer. And um, it's just kind of a joke that, you know, it's still running and everything works, but nothing ever all works at the same time. So we've just had many issues where, uh, you know, the car won't start and it's negative 30 and we say a prayer to St. Joseph and after trying for about 20 minutes, it'll finally start. Um, so th this is like a consistent miracle <laughs> this over and over again. This, this time it's been super rainy and um, the windshield wipers, windows and like the whole heating defrost system stopped working. And so they didn't work for three days. And then after some prayers, start up the car today and windshield wipers and windows and the heat are all working again. So oh, there's, awesome. my, there's my- Praise the Lord. <laughs> St. Joseph the worker, pray for yeah. us. A, yes. <laughs> yes. And, and speaking of- Oh, I was go gonna ahead. say, and Bernadette's husband, Kyle, got to go hunting with his friends and they got yes. two bull moose, right? Yes, they did. Which so means a good amount for of the year. meat. Yes, yes. We're so grateful for the bounty of nature up here. Uh, so Alaskans good. eat very well. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, Paige, would you like to lead us in a closing prayer? Yes, absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Lord God, we thank you for this time. We thank you for uh, the gift of Bernadette and sharing her story with us. We pray for um, anyone who might be in the same situation that Bernadette found herself in, Lord, that um, you just guide them and, uh, just bring them closer to your, to your most sacred heart. And Holy Spirit, we ask for you to guide any, any man who might, uh, see a woman that they think is beautiful and is, uh, seeking you, Lord, and inspire them to go speak to that woman, um, because they never know what might come from that. And we ask this all through your name. Amen. In the name of Amen. the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Amen. Amen. Venerable Fulton Sheen, pray, pray, for us. pray for us. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. We look forward to talking to you next time. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Moving Mountains podcast. If you have a miracle story to tell, please call our hotline at 412-449-9609. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Moving Mountains Podcast AK. We encourage you to subscribe, leave us a rating and review, and share our podcast with others. We'll see you next time.